I'd like to propose a toast. Hello and welcome to Before Brunch. I'm Megan Cassidy. And I'm Cassie Delaney. Thought you weren't going to say it there. She's Sorry, texting. I'm not texting. I'm actually just bringing up something that we're going to be referencing later in the show. Okay. I don't have my laptop today. I'm going for more kind of like, you know, present conversation. Well, that was extremely not present and you're doing your homework in class. I'm, okay. And I'm Cassie Delaney. <laughs> and we are your weekly celebrity pop culture, arts and social issues podcast. And we go live every Sunday morning, just before brunch at around 11am. And we like to talk about the things that you're going to be talking to your pals about at brunch. So we take the things that have happened in the media and in the news during the week. And we unpack them and we question them and we make sense of them for our lives and for your lives. We are brought to you by Diet Coke uh, in conjunction with their hashtag Because I Can campaign. So we are now going to crack open a can and get this podcast on the road. Get that fizz. Oh, that's good. Okay, Cassie, do you want to tell the class what you were looking at on your phone? I was looking at some statistics about waste in Ireland. Woo, okay. fun, exciting. First, I want to um, just give a disclaimer that I'm so incredibly ill this week. You are. I really am. And I think what I've shown up to record in is the clothes I'm wearing are probably rude and offensive to Cassie. Um, but I am convinced, I have a theory that anytime I take a break from the gym and go back, I get sick. And I used to think it was psychosomatic or that I just didn't want to go to the gym. But I do think my body develops a resistance to all the bacteria as I go to the gym and then when I take a break I lose that resistance and then I go back I just get really sick it's happened to me the last three or four times that I've gone back to the gym after taking a long break I get this mother of a head cold yeah and come here um surely the solution there is just to exercise consistently (laughs) thanks Cassie I'll remember that I'll just write that one down um yeah so I'm back in the gym very good. Yeah. What gym? It's Delorgan, Fly Fit. Very good. good. Yeah. How are you finding it? It's a lot cleaner and bigger than Ranla. Um, I was in Ranla previously, but there's a couple of things I would change. Like all the bikes and the, the cross trainers are facing the wall. And I just find that incredibly grim. I need to watch people work out while I'm on the cross trainer. Like I do my workout, my favorite workout that I'm not supposed to do because apparently it doesn't help you lose weight or get fit or anything is um, the cross trainer just for half an hour. But I do intervals, like I'll do really heavy for a minute yeah. and then off for a minute or whatever. But I need to watch people as they go about their workout. Or watch something. Yeah. I used to go to um, one of the Ben Dunn gyms in Carlisle and they had TVs on the machines, which was great. Yeah. So you'd sit there cycling away and watching um, Oprah or whatever it was. I'm actually looking for a new gym. So Are I am. You? Yeah, because we're obviously we're going to be moving now in, uh, we're moving into the new house, I think in like two or three weeks. I'm not supposed to say that on air. But um, however, uh, and I need to find a nice gym around Dublin Eight. I don't think that I I've never gone to one of the fly fits. I don't think that There's I would. There's a fly enjoy fit it. in Harold's Cross, isn't there? There's one on South Circular Road, but I don't yeah. know if I would. Um, 
I, I don't know if I would but like they're it. they're all very different. Like you can't, you can't say I like fly fit or I don't like fly fit. The Ranala experience is very different to the Stilorgan experience. All right, okay. Stilorgan's massive. Like there's, I don't know the size, but it's like vast. There's so much space to work out. In Ranala, it's very cramped, very tight. It's the gym that I started in probably when I was like 18 or 19. It hasn't even been around that long, so I was about 22. Mm-hmm. But um, it that's my home. I love that gym. People give out about it. I just love it. But the Stilorgan one, I feel like I'm in a completely different organization. There's no sort of okay, interesting. Yeah, um, they don't have the the bikes. Their their bikes are stationary. The ones in Ranla move from side to side. So that's another change I would make in Stilorgan. <laughs> just in case they're wondering. So tell you. Um, yeah. Come here to me. Another question for you. Mm. Have you ever done yoga? I have done yoga. Um. But I don't know if it was real yoga because it was fly fit yoga. All right, okay. And the lad who was doing it, I do not feel was a yogi. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna try and get real into yoga. I would now, love to do that. I can't touch my toes. I can't. Um, I can't do a headstand. I want. I want to do enough yoga so that I can do that thing where people basically do the headstand you know like the yeah. real slow movement into it yeah. so I'm prepared to com- you know I'm, I'm prepared to commit but so I'm gonna I'm gonna try that I know there's a yoga studio on South Circuit Road the little mm. bird one mm. we get coffee afterwards so that's I'm, I'm yeah. gonna try that especially now my gorgeous new lifestyle of working for myself that I was just going to say that yoga days. is a lifestyle and you're going to work for yourself and I feel like yoga would be a very good fit for that lifestyle yeah yeah so that's all going to happen in in kind of like two three weeks time okay um, your new life my new life some of the best bodies I've ever seen are from yoga yeah it's underrated I think particularly hot yoga okay um, yeah so I'm going to try that out so if anyone has any yoga tips please do let me know I've literally never ever ever done any sort of yoga pose I will say it's so expensive like I was looking at a few different places um, to do like 10 classes or whatever it's fucking crazy like compared to obviously fly fits 30 euro a month it's nothing yeah you can pay like a cup like it's like 10 15 quid a class or something for yoga for yoga I think that's gonna be it's actually gonna be really expensive for me to go every single day which is part of my new commitment maybe I'll just find a gym as well I mean you're you're like you won't have a salary you know, no, so but I'm, kind of I'm, weird. I'm undoubtedly going to be very successful. You'll be rich. Yeah, so I'll just, I'll basically be retired. Actually, yeah, I just feel like I don't know. It's, it's, it's a big expense from what I've looked at. I'm like, I couldn't justify the expense unless I knew I was going to do it. But I know myself, and I know that if I signed up to one class, I would go and buy like yoga gear. Yeah, I, I did would buy do a mat. I did do like a, a two hundred quid drop in TK Maxx when I um, started going to this gym. I actually, I like this. You know those kind of decisions you make when you're younger in life that you don't even talk to people about because you regret them so much. Yeah, I paid for myself and Lydia to join the iconic icon gym on Camden Street gorgeous gym Mm. thermal suite personal training no one was ever there your bikes look out onto Camden Street you can watch people go into Bunsen and feel better about yourself because you're sitting on a bike it's really expensive I'd say it's 70 euro a month I paid for both of us and we went three times ever over the course of eight months and I did one day add up how much money that was and I felt physically sick but you see, this is the pyramid theory. So I was just reading a book last week. That, uh, 
that I meant to bring for you today for you to read but like that's how businesses work is that uh, on the premise that the large majority of people will pay for something and not use it so they're the pyramid they're the people at the bottom supporting the three people at the very top that actually get their money's worth yeah that's how these businesses I'm I'm literally the I am the lowest common denominator I am you are on the bottom you are the big fat lower line of the pyramid yeah I am but same with actually every single thing that I own yeah audible still paying for that oh yes audible I mean if I look through my I have an uh, a subscription to the Irish Times which I actually do use but I also have one to the Times which I never use um Audible is another one that I pay for every month. Do you know, I'd say 90% of the people around the world will relate to this. The fucking New Yorker magazine. I love the New Yorker. I never read it and I do relate to you. Yeah. Do you get it every two weeks? Like sometimes it stays in the plastic. Yeah, it's terrible. It's fucking, I've won from six weeks ago in my bag that I'm still trying to get through. I really try. Yeah, but that's the pyramid thing that a lot of businesses rely on. And this book that I read was called The Dip and it was about how to become a winner how to just get past that bit that stops you from winning at life and the the bit is the dip so maybe you're in a job for two years it gets really really hard and you have to decide whether to quit or you just become really shit at your job because you don't love it anymore um, and obviously in that situation that you're supposed to quit and move on to the next the next thing um but the pyramid comes into it when they're saying that not many people who sign up to an initiative or make a plan ever make it to the end of, of seeing that plan through. And that's how so many businesses work on that, on that, on depending on the fact that no one will see, the, see it through. Right, like if right, everyone right. went to the gym, if all of the members went to the gym, there wouldn't be enough room at the gym. You know, like we couldn't... I've often thought about this. Like they just continually sell membership. They don't give a shit. Like No, there's no like there's too many people in the gym now because no one fucking goes, especially at this time of year. There's just no one there. Like airlines used to oversell all their flights on the premise that most people wouldn't show up. Then they started to have a lot of problems with that and stopped doing that. Yeah, I mean, airlines are different. But it's the same when you're like when you're running an event, you have to sell what's it, 300% of the tickets of what you actually want. The general rule is that 66% of people will drop out of going to an event. Yeah, and that's because humans naturally we make decisions ahead of time and those decisions are usually what we should do or what's right for us. The decisions that we make ahead of time so not in the in the moment yeah. we say I will go to the gym five times next week that's a good decision and we're making that from a place of of rationality but we are we make our most our most of our decisions are made in the moment so ha- based on how we feel so yeah. we've made a prior decision that was the right decision and then we change our mind because we don't feel like it so we've said we'll go to this event we've bought a ticket and oh I think I have a head cold coming on I'm not going to go so the premise in this book and it, like we've spoken about this loads of times is you make a decision you write it down and you do not change your mind based on how you feel the worst decisions are made based on how you feel like it doesn't matter how you feel okay I get it I get it and I agree with it and I think it's fine but it's very very difficult to make yourself do something when you're when you feel like you don't want to do it yes but if you can overcome that you can overcome anything think of all the things we fuck up in life like I want to have one or two drinks tonight and then you get absolutely hammered oh my god never happens like you've made your decision if you if we could stick to the decisions that we make when we're feeling rational 
we'd be we'd all be like Olympic athletes or whatever we want to be because the only thing that stops us is from going with our with our feelings and not obeying the decision that we made earlier. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And it kind of goes back to the theory that we talked about a couple of weeks ago about your remembering self, experiencing yes. self and anticipating self. That's what I was and thinking it's about. Of. It's about moving your moving your motivations into appealing more to your remembering self and mm-hmm. allowing your and, and forcing yourself or allowing yourself to do things to the benefit of that that yeah. fragment of your mind or whatever like it's your remembering self that says I'm going to go to the gym five times next week or that says I'm going to have two drinks on Wednesday night at that event and go home because I've got a big meeting on Thursday that's the remembering self yeah it's 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 yours it's the part of you that has done something that knows that it enjoyed it mm-hmm. or that it's worth it to do it but it's going to be contrary to what your experiencing self wants to do yeah I mean a good example from the book is a lot of people particularly nowadays and we've had a chat um, already about like our age group and jobs and quitting and how a lot of people quit in the moment or they get angry or they don't feel like they're enjoying their job anymore and they just quit and it mightn't be an instant decision it might be over two weeks they're kind of thinking about it and then they go yeah I'm quitting Mm -hmm. but in this book it recommends that you lay out what the conditions would have to be for you to quit so I don't get a pay rise in December or Uh, I don't feel supported by my boss or, Mm -hmm. you know, and you lay out those conditions and you do not quit until all of those conditions are true. So it's not just, oh, I'm pissed off or I'm not, people don't like me. And even if you feel that way for two weeks and you really feel it, it wasn't in your conditions. So maybe you shouldn't just quit right now. Okay, interesting. And how, so is this what's inspired you to go back to the gym? honestly yes so I sent this book to my friend and he ordered it and he's reading it at the moment and he came up to me and he's like this feels a bit like life changing and I was like it is fucking life changing I've been to the gym three times since I read it because I made a decision on the Sunday that those were the times I was going to the gym no matter how I felt when it came to having to go like you do not make good decisions based on how you feel so I just went every single time obviously never regretted it it also has stopped me pressing snooze in the morning because I say I am getting up at 7 a.m I'm deciding that the night before it is the right decision I will not feel like getting up at seven but it doesn't matter that I have made the decision and I'm doing it okay that is brilliant discipline that is something that I need you need I, I'm so annoyed with myself that I didn't bring the book for you to read because it even has a page at the back where like you have to write down who, your name and who's read it and then like I can write down return to Megan Cassidy so you have to pass it on to like seven people it's called The Dip by Seth Godin. Okay, and is that a condition of the book or is that something that you've decided like a little personal library? <laughs> no, no, that's a condition of the book. <laughs> Dead cute though. <laughs> it's like, you know, pass it on to seven people, but make sure you return it to Megan. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is wisdom that I want to share. Okay, okay. He also has a great podcast, Seth Godin. Right, okay, yeah. I'm going to get on it. Yeah. I'm going to get on it. That sounds like a really solid recommendation. The Diet Coke Because I Can campaign is about carefree, fun with friends and celebrating the things in life that make you feel good. Take part in the Diet Coke Because I Can series by following hashtag Because I Can. And this goes back to one of our earliest podcasts when we talked about habits, habits. and trying to form new habits and get into it. And we talked about whether you're... Um, whether you're someone who has to be held accountable or not. And we've established week after week that I am absolutely someone who needs to be held accountable because I cannot discipline myself. But you're also a questioner. You won't do something just because someone tells you to. You 
want to feel that it's right and then you'll do it. Yeah. This week we are chatting about sustainability. Yes, so we wanted to talk a little bit about, obviously there's been this massive movement towards um, no straws and kind of uh, zero plastic. And we wanted to kind of help people to understand why that is and why it's important and where we are with that, right? So basically, I think a lot of people realised earlier this year, China basically decided that it's not going to take... um, our waste. So it was taking 95% of Ireland's plastic waste and now it is not. So um, there it, it, it means that we now have a massive, massive issue in that we have to uh, we have to sort out our own waste. And I think people are becoming more and more aware of it, which means that we're trying to do something about it to not only deal with it effectively, but reduce our waste output. And I wanted to talk about how we can do that and where we can buy and what things we need to be considering I think it's so interesting obviously sustainability and recycling has been an issue that's been you know of massive importance since probably like the 70s even the 60s um actually I have in front of me here it came to the forefront the idea of of recycling obviously since the stone age people have been melting instruments and you know recasting recasting them them. so it's not it was nothing new but in the 60s there was a rebellion against consumerism and that's when people kind of said hold on like we need to protect the environment consumerism's killing it i think what's interesting is how recently it almost feels like a fad because it's become so popular on social media very quickly but it is very characteristic of this millennial movement that we've spoken about before whereby um People, Gen Z, who I think we'll consider like 13 to 25 at the moment, are so moved by what will change and what's for the best. And they're not really politically um, motivated, but but they're definitely, they affect change by where they buy. So they can Mm -hmm. affect change through consumerism and they will not buy from brands who are not showing that they are aligning themselves with sustainability or being good for the environment. And numerous surveys have shown that millennials and Gen Z are making these choices based on who's doing what's right for the environment. Yeah, we saw that earlier on this year in the Elderman Earned Brand Study. Um, which they release kind of once a year, once every two years. And in that, they found that now one third of people are uh, socially conscious consumers. Mm. So that they're, they're, they are aligning their, they're finding brands whose missions align with their own and that's where they're choosing to spend their money. And it's, um, it's actually a really great concept called divestment to move your money away from a company that you do not feel is... Um, is supporting the right causes. So you consciously decide to move your money away from banks or companies or uh, suppliers that are not going to do it. And there's, um, I don't know if many people have been listening to the, a fantastic new podcast um, called Mothers of Invention with Maeve Higgins and Mary Robinson. They have a whole episode on divestment and, how, and what you can do and what it means and all that kind of stuff. It is one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to. Oh, I need to check that out. It's very good. It's all about climate change and sustainability. But if you've no interest or if you've no knowledge of it whatsoever, this is going to be the place to learn about it. But that's it. I mean, for big businesses who and and every industry has started making moves towards sustainability. It's not just about philanthropy or doing what's best for the next generation. It's going to be good for the bottom line. Yeah. Yeah, of course, it's going to be good for the bottom line. And I think that but I think the I think the problem at the moment is the entry into sustainable living 
the mm. entry into zero waste is very difficult for people because um, they just don't really know where to start. We are at the end of the day, we are people who are driven by convenience. We need to be able to go pick up our vegetables and our stuff and our groceries in the shop. And most people shop wherever is closest to them. Um, and we're kind of, we're, you know, we we have busy lives, so I can understand why people maybe aren't putting sustainability first. So I wanted to talk about, and I'm actually going to gift you a piece that you can publish on Love in Dublin. Oh, thank you. About where to buy your stuff in Dublin that is still convenient and still easy and is plastic free. Okay. So where to buy your fruit and veg, um, when to get it, uh, where you can buy other stuff because like a lot of the a lot of the packaging issues are actually in like beauty brands and stuff mm. like that. So it's in your shampoo bottles and all that kind of thing. So where can we get things? What are the best alternatives? And what can we use? And what impact will it have on your life and your waste output and other little um little brands that you can support um, that will help you reduce waste in other ways in your life. So one of the best decisions that I made this year was to get a food bin. So my uh, parents had never, I live with my parents at the moment because I'm uh, moving out soon. But um, Second mention of what the is unmentionable anyway. Yeah, Lizzie's going to kill me. Yeah. Um, very, just very excited though. Um, but... The so we got a food waste bin. Uh, there's about five people who live, five adults live in my family home, and it's a little obi. It was a little obio bag, um, which are it's a very very good company. They're uh, biodegradable brown bags that you basically leave sitting on your countertop, and you can put all your food waste into it. You can put pretty much everything into it: eggs, tea bags. You can actually put in kitchen roll as well, which is brilliant. And then you just pop the bag into your brown bin and that's done with it but what I'm really finding interesting is that when you can see every day how much food waste you're producing we started to cook less and less until like there's relatively little and my parents went from putting out their black bin maybe you know once every day and a half or once every two days to once a week so it's had such a massive impact on the amount of waste that we're producing as a household and those are the kind of instant gratifications that will motivate us to do this shit Mm -hmm. like I need to be told what I get back in order to do something that sounds really selfish and it's not what you would admit or what you would say on paper you'd say of course I'm going to do this for the good of the environment but until you get the tangible benefits like that yeah it's, it's hard to do it their processes so looking Mm. at their manufacturing processes and deciding whether that's something that you want to align yourself to yeah Um, and it makes sense around saving money I mean even for the industries who are adopting this and particularly the fashion industry um, the products and the resources that we are using at the moment that are damaging the earth and I think we're using like one and a half earth's worth of of resources at the moment and by 2020 we're going to be using like three earth's worth of resources Um. As these resources get scarcer and scarcer, they're be going to become more and more expensive. So people are sort of future proofing by cutting back now and figuring out how best to navigate this now. My favorite campaign, I think, in the last few years is the uh, Dublin City Council's Don't Be a Dick campaign. <laughs> For litter. The litter campaign. No, the reusable cups. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I just, sorry, so, I thought litter because I see them on the bins all the time. Yeah, no, it's it's 
so they're obviously they're talking about not um, using the takeaway cups so frivolously or whatever and getting your reusable cup, which everyone yeah. now seems to have a keep cup. Yeah, it's the thing. We're getting loving ones actually. Are you? Can I have one? Yeah, of course you can. If Daddy. you give me that article, I'll give you a cup. Lovely. And um, th- it's just a big thing, but it reminds me of the success of the Quit campaign for smoking. I mean, obviously, it was the most successful campaign by the HSE in Ireland ever and it's worked like it's not cool to smoke anymore and for me (laughs) sorry Cassie but it's not (laughs) for me I it's not I do feel a little bit guilty I don't have a keep cup yet and I do feel a little bit guilty when there's one when I'm sandwiched in the queue by two people holding their keep cups about to get them filled up like I'm gonna get a keep cup I'm starting I'm starting to feel really guilty about not having it I have one as well but if I have forgotten it I'm going to get my coffee I'm like oh choosing to sit in and drink the coffee sometimes isn't always an option (laughs) and we all know that the best way to get Irish people to do something is to fucking guilt them out of it because we have such inherent guilt yeah one of the best things that people can do actually to reduce their impact on the environment is to reduce um, how much meat they eat Really? Yeah. So uh, environmental vegetarianism is a rise and it's a practice of vegetarianism or eating a plant-based diet based on the indications that animal-based industries are environmentally destructive or unsustainable, which they, you know, they are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, four-fifths of agricultural emissions arise from the livestock sec- sector and estimates on the greenhouse emissions attribute attribution to animal production range from 18% to 51% of the total global emissions. Mm. So if people just, I mean, people just stopped eating meat, obviously not if people just stopped eating meat, but it, that's one of the things to consider as well, that it's not just about buying your, um, your food unpackaged, it's about the kind of foods that you're buying and how much it costs for them to be produced yeah, and what impact that's having and meat is a particularly bad one. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's reminiscent of, sorry, my parking is up. Um, that's reminiscent of, say, in recent years, even with, with people who decide where they're going to buy their clothes, it's not so much um, the environmental cost, but the human cost. People have been very aware of that um, with what the cost to a human is, how they're being treated um, and cruelty-free clothing, cruelty-free um products Mm -hmm. uh, that aren't tested on animals has been obviously really important to people and this seems to be the latest development and it's just a really good sign um, for social media campaigns and and where they are actually incredibly positive because the word spreads so quickly. Yeah, no I think it's fantastic and I think that like we're seeing such a rise in um, bloggers and uh, uh, sorts of publications that are dedicated to helping people live in a healthier way and it's it, I mean it's not just even about the environmental impact a plant-based diet or having a majority plant-based diet is is better for you than mm-hmm. eating meat with every meal mm-hmm. um and you see the likes of uh, Deliciously Ella or um, Little Green Spoon, Ma- Little Green Power. Spoon, Madeline Shaw, all these people whose blogs have hundreds and thousands of people reading them every week, and they're dedicated to having these um, these uh, these plant based diets. And I know that we we kind of joked about it, but when I uh, a couple of months ago decided to go uh, veggie, I've actually surprised myself by still staying veggie. Yeah. I was the least likely person who was going to go on to. I was never one for following lifestyle blogs. Mm. I was the least likely person to go on and find a recipe and cook it that was entirely vegetable based and enjoy it. Um, and I hated beans, never ate beans or really? anything like that. And wasn't big on pulses and quinoa and all that kind of stuff, but have 
discovered just tons and tons and tons of recipes that are fantastic eating things I've never eaten before Mm. eating combinations of food that I've never eaten before and 99% of the time I feel absolutely fantastic and the other 1% of the time I'm probably hung over (laughs) I mean it's delicious and I've eaten I I obviously for health issues um tried to go vegetarian recently and I have not succeeded at going fully vegetarian but the majority of my meals are now vegetarian every Mm -hmm. once in a while I'll have something if I'm out to eat or something um I have a lot of fish still yeah um but it's absolutely delicious I think plant-based is a really unappetizing unappetizing phrase like a plant-based diet that does not it's not appetizing to me but the amount of options are absolutely incredible like I'm having so much cauliflower rice at the moment yeah, uh, in vegetable stock, it is divine. Um, veggie burgers wrapped in iceberg lettuce. Oh my god! I thought that like the one thing that I would really, really miss is a big burger, and it mm. was hard. And I, there was times when like I made an exception and had. A, I think over the last maybe five or six months, I've had I think three burgers, mm. maybe four burgers from Bunsen because I was always my like go to place for food. And then last week I went to Bujo and got the veggie burger and it was better than any burger I've ever had before yeah I mean it's unbelievable veggie burger there is a lot to be said for a veggie burger and you know what else is absolutely delicious it's still disgusting but delicious the veggie meatballs in Ikea oh yeah yeah you can get I them. haven't had them but I've heard they're good they're really good and yeah. you can actually buy them up in Carrick Mines really I'm not going to because I'm sure they're still full of like processed stuff I'm going to yeah. try and make them is Lydia vegetarian no she's okay, not so a vegetarian that's, that's where I'm struggling is the co-cooking situation yeah so I've said that once I mean I've made her some veggie meals or whatever or I'm not I'm not opposed to handling her like to to helping her cook her meaty foods or whatever yeah but she'll eat she'll eat like veggie if I'm making it or then just like make some chicken to go with it or whatever if she wants yeah to yeah I mean it's just it's coordinating yourself so Aiden eats a lot of fish cakes and he eats a lot of burgers and I'll just do my veggie burger where he's doing a yeah. meat burger or whatever but um it's it's it was tricky at first to kind of get aligned there, but you get some meals that you can kind of just, they're easily interchangeable for, you can change. You can it, just add your stuff protein in. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, but there's there's so many recipes that I found. I, I genuinely thought I'd be hungry all the time. Like if you'd asked me a year ago, would I ever be a vegetarian? I would have said no, like no yeah. way. I love, I, do, I don't eat enough variety of foods to be a vegetarian. Yeah. But I found so many meals that are um, absolutely like just oh my god they're so delicious some of the nicest meals I've made for myself have been these vegetarian recipes really there's one particular sweet potato and coconut curry from I knew you were going to say curry it's so and it's so good mm. it's so so good it's sweet potato chickpea coconut curry it's from a um, a blog called one ingredient chef or something right. um, it's the nicest thing I've ever eaten okay Honestly. chickpeas are very good falafel saves my life mm. do you find yourself eating more junk or dairy uh, like no. crisps and no no really never um, I do love a crisp I love a crisp sandwich crisp. lovely crisp sandwich but um, no I, I've not not really like yeah. and it just it's it's also really really cheap I can make I will make my entire lunch for the entire for the week for myself and my mother for 12 euro so what you, give me those tips give me that wisdom so I go in, I get like, I get all of my, I go in and get my veggies, my, uh, my chickpeas, butter beans, kidney beans, quinoa, um, pomegranate seeds, 
raisins I make just a different variety of, of stuff mm. I generally do like a bean mix there's um Delicious Yella has a recipe for um roasted it's like a roasted vegetable bean casserole mm. that's delicious very filling um I'll make the sweet potato coconut curry which is a fave mm. a quinoa raisin pomegranate salad um Ooh. yeah just so many things are delicious Lovely. yeah gorgeous I'm looking forward to my lunch now I need to have something like spicy and like a hot soup situation because mm. my head is so blocked up but um, actually on the way in here I heard just um, as a fun little tidbit that at midnight tonight so we're recording this on Friday the 31st of August and at midnight tonight they're starting to phase out the pear-shaped light bulbs in oh, favour yeah. of LED yeah I heard that on the radio on the way in as well and yeah. the, they were saying that the LED light bulbs will now last up to 20 years 20 and save years? people 115 euro we must have been listening to Q102 at the same time. I think it was FM 104, but I think they have the same buzz for news, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's, it, this is just a, t- taking over the world. I feel, I do think when in like 20 years time, I'll be speaking to my kids, explaining to them that if I have kids, fingers crossed, that's desperate. <laughs> cut, that, cut that out. Um, I think I'll be telling them that we used to eat meat and they won't believe it. Really? Yeah, I think they'll be like, you weirdos. Already, I'm like, if I put up an Instagram of my food, I get this little weird twinge about there being meat in it. I'm like, this is embarrassing. I mean, if you if you if it stopped being socially accepted when you try to explain it it's to like, someone, yeah. be like, we saw a little animal and we um, ate we, it. We killed it, skinned it cooked it yeah. and ate it it's like in um, convenience store woman she's a kid and a bird dies and everyone's crying about it and she's delighted because she's like oh we can eat it and she explains because she's obviously she's on the spectrum and um, yeah. she says like I don't understand like we eat birds like three times a day but we're not allowed to talk about it like why can't we talk about it and that's true yeah she's dead right dead right Um. yeah so look Reduce your meat intake. I thought you were going to say reduce, reuse, recycle. Reduce, reuse, recycle. What a great way to live your life. I was actually thinking, um, so uh, I'd love to, to, um, I'd love to build an eco house and what that would look like and have a fully sustainable, self-sustaining house. Remember the eco warriors? I know this is completely off topic. You've mentioned these a few times now on this podcast. Have I? Yeah. I think they really affected me in my developmental stages because those would have been from you know when you're 12 to 17 those are the, the big years and were they they were in were they near Glen um, of the Downs in Wicklow oh yeah 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 they were yeah. living in the trees and I'll just never forget them I used to ask about them all the time and you can still see the remnants there's still some blue rope from where they had their houses and how long did they stay there for? they lived there for a few years what yeah they lived in those trees for a few years to stop them being cut down and the, it worked the trees were not cut down Okay, you can and still see some of their houses. I need I need to go find these people. It's now. like ten years later. Why haven't I interviewed them? Why haven't you reached out and found? There are those stories that really stick with you from your childhood, and I know yeah. I've mentioned it before, but I will not be able to die happy until I find the girl who jumped out of the window because Gareth Gates didn't love her. <laughs> yeah, you've mentioned that story quite a few times. I just I genuinely think about her all of the time. So I'm getting headlines here from 1998. Party time in the Glen of the Downs as eco-warriors get out of their trees. This was a great time. 
1998. This so we're talking 1998. That's 20 years ago. That's 20 years ago. So I wasn't even 12. No. Wait, no. You were three and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh my God, all these headlines. 2000 Eco Warriors, trees, houses to be removed. Two films made about the Wicklow Eco Warriors. I feel like in those movies when they're going back through the archives, because there's been nothing about them in years. Does anyone else remember the Eco Warriors? I remember them. Do you remember seeing them in their trees? I remember driving past them. Yeah. Oh, it was so exciting. Do you want to be an eco-warrior? Not that I want to be an eco-warrior. I would not survive a day. But I just love these like grassroots movements who actually achieve things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they stuck it out and and those trees are still there. I think that, um, I think that we'll see an, People, I, you know, people will not identify as environmentalists or eco warriors, yeah. but I think we'll, it'll become synonymous with just living the same way that feminism is just. You just naturally assume that any woman is a feminist now, yeah, because um, it's hard to. It's just hard to imagine anything. I mean, if you were to explain why you weren't a feminist, it would be difficult. Yeah, so I think that we'll just see this massive movement towards um, environmental sustainable living. Yeah. For sure. And I'm going to have a nice um, environmentally friendly house and two little chickens called Henry and Henrietta. Are they going to make eggs? Yeah. Is that allowed? I still eat eggs. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't harm or kill the chicken. But isn't it really, like, aren't the chicken farms really awful? Is that just the meaty ones? Chicken, well, if you if you eat free range and organic and stuff. Okay, well, your chickens will live a happy life anyway, yeah. so you'll know that those eggs are... Henry and Henrietta will be running around the place. Uh, that's not original. Okay, well, I'll go back to it. I've got a bit of time to prepare. Yeah, okay. Right, I'm going to go and make myself sweet potato curry. Do that. I'll send you the recipe. Thanks. Right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. The Diet Coke Because I Can campaign is about carefree, fun with friends and celebrating the things in life that make you feel good. Take part in the Diet Coke Because I Can series by following hashtag Because I Can.